Welcome back to the Project 24 Blogging Podcast. This is episode 205. Well, thank you so much for joining us, everyone. I just wanted to give you a little inside right now. Our uh, experience is a little unique in that we're all working from home. We mentioned that before. So we had to figure out a place to record. And yep. so... You want to tell them where we're at right now? Yeah, we are. Um, my dad has an office here in town. He's an insurance agent, and we scheduled this conference room. <laughs> <laughs> and I brought the microphones. I brought the, I brought all the gear, and we're going. So, yeah, I guess that's a just another lesson. There is make make it work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no matter what's going on in your life, yeah. find a way, make yep. it work. And it gave us a chance to see each other. I know in a while, fun. like five weeks or so. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so today we are going to talk about some great ways to collaborate, do some outreach, just ways that you should be in the know in your industry and in your niche, because I think sometimes we kind of just stay in our own heads and our own little word, uh, worlds and try to just think of ideas on our own and we get stuck. And these will be really great ways for you to spur on new ideas and Find out what people are talking about in your industry. Actually learn what real people want to know, and that can really help you figure out some new things to talk about. So we're going to get started. Um, Some of the things that we want to talk about are things like subscribing to newsletters and podcasts from other creators in your niche. This is a really great way to figure out maybe who they're interviewing. What are they talking about? I mean, you should know, I, I guess... I don't know if they're your competitors, if they're podcasting, but you really should know what other creators are working on. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things that differentiates a really good blog from most of what else is on the internet is they know what the people in their industry are doing, what questions they have. Uh, What I find oftentimes as I'm perusing the internet, looking for information, asking questions, just like any other user, if it's on a topic I know something about, and I'm just trying to dive in a little bit more, get an answer to a specific question. When I find an article that was written by someone who doesn't actually have real experience, it becomes incredibly obvious really quickly. And then, you know, if I go look at some other stuff on their website, it, it just becomes incredibly fake. A total beginner who's just trying to learn about this stuff, your topic, whatever it is, they probably won't be able to tell the difference, but it won't take long before they can. Because anybody who's researching something new, they they might come across your content, they might read it, and but as they get into it and as they watch YouTube videos and listen to podcasts and start doing the stuff, they're going to be able to tell what's fake and what's real. And I see so much fake. So <laughs> knowing what's going on in your industry, what other people are doing, who, again, if there are other creators, somebody, maybe it's, there's other bloggers and they have an email newsletter. It doesn't yeah. hurt you to sign up. Yeah. Right. Find out what are they sending out? What, and, and again, who are they interviewing? What's going on in your industry? I think that's a great place to get started. Listening to podcasts is a fantastic way to just get more depth of mm-hmm. knowledge of your topic, especially if you're, if you feel like an imposter, if you, if that imposter syndrome is there at all, you absolutely should be listening to podcasts because you're pretty quickly going to be able to talk the talk that everybody else in your industry is talking. Yeah. We often talk about kind of the importance of being engaged in your niche. And we've we've made websites, and I'm sure many of you have, where you aren't 
engaged in the niche and it's mm-hmm. possible i think in the past it's been easier than it is now sure. especially but if the niche isn't relevant in your life then it's hard to be relevant in the niche and i think that you know i think about things that i'm interested in mm-hmm. i'm doing things like listening to podcasts watching youtube videos uh, you know kind of keeping up on the news you know releases of products and all those different types of things if you as someone who's trying to be, we'll call an authority because you're trying to teach or share information about that topic, if you're not doing any of those things, it's a little bit hard to have that information. And so there, I think that this one's really awesome. Um, another great way, uh, making connections on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, kind of those social platforms. You know, there's always things going on in the industry. Kind of an example, you know, we have um, Terrain Treaders, yeah. our project charity site. Um, just recently, there was a big YouTuber kind of in the off-road space who put on the first ever off-road games. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was not too far from us, probably about 10 hours away. Uh-huh. I, would have had no, I would have had no idea about that, except I've been doing some research and I've been kind of getting into that niche a little bit. And I've kind of came across quite a few YouTube channels talking about it. And I was like, what is this event talking? You know, what are, what are they doing? And just to know about that event and then to be able to realize that, that's something that's kind of big, you know, on the Western side of the United States, like that's a large event in the off-roading space. It would have been cool to go, you know, <laughs> we're kind of pretty young in the niche, but what yeah. about next year when they do it again uh-huh. to be able to go and to participate in it? Um, I saw a ton of small creators who went and they just videoed it and yeah. they were able to pop new videos mm-hmm. up on YouTube or write little blog articles about it within a day or two, or even at the event. Yep. Um, whereas the bigger creators, their videos didn't come out for a week or two, or, you know, all the coverage you could call it didn't come out until later, but to be able to participate in something like that, I wouldn't have even known it was happening. Um, and that was something that wasn't that far away from where we live. Uh-huh. And it was something that we totally could have done. Right. That might sound kind of out there or kind of novel, but, this is literally like what the news does yeah. and has been yeah. doing forever, right? It's a perfect opportunity, though, to create a lot of content. Because on the news, like, Anna, you know, if you went out to cover an event, how much time would you get for a spot to, to talk about an event that you were covering on the news? Oh, as far as like how much, interviewing someone and or shooting like, it? Yeah, and like how much, how much um, playtime on the news like, oh. is actually going to air? Uh, normal average time was about a minute 30. Right. And three <laughs> minutes was like a big deal. Big, big one, right? Like, oh, you better have something special if you're going to be using that much time. Right. Like we have the opportunity to cover things in, in, a, in a depth. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that makes sense, right? Because the news is going out to a general audience. Our news, quote, news is going out and it's real. It's news. It's But it's specific industry, specific news is going out to people who want to know about off-roading because otherwise they wouldn't be reading our content or watching our videos. And so we can cover a depth, a lot more stuff. You can, I'm I'm guessing at those events, like the people that were covering it, because it's not like they have big news crews, right? Right. So they couldn't cover every little event that was going on. So it's like, you could literally be the only person on the internet covering a specific event that's happening at these off-road games. It's a huge opportunity for mass content creation and how much report is or how you know credibility does that build it's like oh yeah we actually do off-roading see look we were here Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then in the future we should know about what events are going on and we should probably post about them yeah yeah in kind of a news feed we might have an events category or even make a calendar on the website like i'm thinking about things we could do on terrain treaders right have a calendar that shows like hey this is when this event is and 
Yeah, it's pretty cool. Something that I was just kind of thinking about, you know, even if you are pretty small in the industry, you know, you have a, a small website with 30 or 50 articles. If you start showing up to conferences and maybe you have, you've made yourself one t-shirt with your website logo on it right. or something, but people, but you continue to show up to things, people will recognize you. Um, and then you just become more and more relevant in the niche. And, you know, maybe that's not that big of a deal, but as far as EAT goes, E-E-A-T, people recognizing you just at an event or, you know, being, or just being there over and over and over and then kind of posting about it on your website, you know, or just having news, kind of a little news feed, like, hey, I'll be at this event. That, that, those are little things. And it's not like you have to go to 50 events a year. Right. Mm-hmm. Choose one, you know, mm-hmm. and, and just little things like that can make a big difference. It makes you feel real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that, that makes a huge difference. That's yeah. cool. Another thing is about those events is there could be like booths or, you know, vendors who come in and maybe they're up and coming but they're going to grow and become big. And so if that becomes a really popular topic in your niche, you could already have the knowledge and write about that before it gets super popular. I mean, by the time people are searching for it, you kind of have the cutting edge on that. I think that's a great point because every conference I've been to, there's vendors at booths and some of them are the ones that everybody in that industry knows, but some of them are names that are kind of new and for you to take an afternoon at the event and go and just learn about the different things that are coming, you can have, you could even write your blog post about it now. Mm-hmm. And then when they start to come up, your article's the aged one that has some history behind it. Yeah. And you just add to it as they pr- provide more information yeah. and they become more popular. Yeah. Um, what if you were the cool first resource. person to hear about chat GPT out there? Right. <laughs> right? You're like, hey, there's this new up and coming chat thing. It's going to be really cool. You would Six be months very ago, happy you know? now. Right. <laughs> All right. Um, some of the other things are joining niche groups like on Facebook, maybe creating your own, but also joining. There's private groups, there's public groups, and yep. then you know, just searching or following certain groups on, on Reddit, because that's kind of where people get into the nitty gritty of uh, what they want to talk about. As far as the industry, people ask questions, they want advice, people give great advice. Obviously you're probably not going to cite Reddit um, in your blog, but you can take that as an idea Uh um, and go do your own research. Of course we do use maybe Facebook or Reddit as kind of sort of a poll and you can say, this amount of people on Reddit said this, um, and you can maybe put a graphic up or something like that, but it's just a really good way to get fresh ideas. Yeah. Uh, so for my project double time website, I signed up for probably four or five Facebook groups and all of them I had to be approved, but I got right in on all of them. And it wasn't so much about being able to like one side of it is trying to sign up for these groups under the name of your blog and then being helpful and stuff and building up your brand. But I wasn't trying to do that yet. I did it more from a research standpoint, and this is exactly what happened. Literally every time I open Facebook, the very first post is from one of those groups, and it's always one I haven't seen before, which just tells you how active these groups are that I'm in. By the way, if you join one that's not very active, whatever, like you just won't see it very often, but keep joining them until you find one that's super (laughs) active. Because every time a question gets asked, Within a couple hours of it being asked, by the time I see it, many of them have 20 to 40 responses. Mm-hmm. And that right there is a poll. If I wanted to if I wanted to take the question and then go through the answers and then group the answers together right. by similar answers, it's basically a poll. 
but it's also great research. Like I can find out 10 different ways that people are addressing a particular concern. And then I can think through those and say, well, which one best resembles what I think or what I would do. And now I have great research. Like I have other perspectives, but I also have more insight into what people are asking in that industry, what things they're concerned about. It's a great way to get ideas, to know what's relevant. And like we said before, like learn the vocabulary and mm -hmm. of your industry so that you don't sound dumb <laughs> when you write a blog post <laughs> and you're using all the wrong words. That's and, true. Um, or the yeah. slang, you know, someone who's right. who actually knows the industry, they're slang out there. Yep. Um, and so if you're, you know, being very formal and you're not using the right wording, they'll, they'll know right away. Right. And in a blog, like if I'm going to use an industry specific term, like a slang from the industry, what I'll do is I'll use it and then I'll immediately define it. Right. Mm -hmm. And that way a total beginner isn't put off by the slang and now they know what it means. Like that's so yeah. helpful. And then if somebody Googles, well, what does that mean? You literally might want to snippet for it because you have that. In fact, on my Project Double Time website, I've already created a glossary and I've only put a few things in it. But like, even if I define it in an article, I'll then go put it in a glossary because that's like a perfect mm -hmm. opportunity to win snippets for like, well, what does this mean in, in this particular topic? And it's just a good resource. So anyway, yeah. good things you can do and yeah. cool stuff you can learn. You can learn the slang. Yeah. Just by participating. Yeah. And I think this also makes it exciting for you as a, a writer and a creator to learn new stuff constantly and yeah. find new ideas, hear what people are talking about, uh, rather than just sitting down like, okay, what am I going to write today? You know, I feel like that will motivate you to keep pushing along, especially mm -hmm. if you're passionate about your blog. Um, I don't know. I think a curiosity and just finding out new things um, just spurs me on um, in particular. So I feel like yeah. it would be very motivating. I've recently joined a Facebook group. It's a, I don't know if maybe some of you are familiar, the Coleman mini bikes. Uh -huh. um, they're just kind of like little off-road motorcycles. They're pretty cheap and they're the little engines are really easy to work yeah. on. They're kind of cool. Anyway, I don't have one, but I'm just interested in them. Kind of, right. They're kind of fun. So I joined this Coleman Mini Bike Facebook group, and it's been so interesting. I've, I've never participated uh -huh. uh, because I don't have one. I, I just kind of watch and kind of see what's going on. I could probably tell you off the top of my head, like, the top 10 questions that mm -hmm. I see asked. Yeah. And it's a big group. I mean, it's a either worldwide yeah. or kind of U.S.-centered group. I could probably tell you the top 10 questions. People are talking about what are the first mods you would do? People are talking about this broke, you know, these things break off. Someone, my son crashed the bike. This thing broke off. How do I fix it? I mean, it's the same. A lot of it's the same stuff. There are some niche, more niche questions, but it's so good for learning yeah. the industry that you're kind of interested in. And I, I don't have a website on Coleman mini bikes, but if I was going to do something like that, it would just be so good for me to be kind of air quote participate uh, yeah. by just watching and learning. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it's such a good way to learn what other people are thinking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and as bloggers, understanding the search intent is like one of the, the most important things you can do. And I think this is really beneficial because the reality is, is unless your niche is like extremely specific, chances are no matter how involved you are in your niche, you probably won't ever be the expert of, of every aspect right. of your niche. There's no way ever that any of us is going to be expert in every aspect of off-roading. <laughs> it's <just> not going <laughs> to happen. Right. There's just right? so much out there. <laughs> um, but even if we picked dirt bikes, mm -hmm. just dirt bikes, sorry, 
you're not ever going to be the most expert mechanic and a super expert rider, right. um, motocross and trail riding and um, electric dirt bikes. Yep. You're never going to know everything about everything. And so learning from the people that are more engaged in that part mm-hmm. of it than you can be yeah. is a great, great opportunity. And the reality is, is you can create a resource that none of them is going to make because that's not what they're doing. They're not all yep. bloggers. Yep. And so you can take the information that they have and use it to really help guide your research so that you can create a great blog post for the many people that seem to have those questions. And then your social media time isn't wasted time. It's literally education. I mean, that's that's huge. Just that right there, because so many of us waste so much time on social media, but once you fill your feed with groups, you know, joining groups, it's like, I don't know about you, Ricky, but a lot of what I see on my Facebook feed are it's groups of things that I've joined kind of that I'm interested in, Mm -hmm. you know, some websites that I have that sort of thing, but it takes up the majority of my social media time that I kind of allot for myself each day, mm-hmm. reading through the posts, reading through the comments. And by the end of it, you know, I've seen a couple family members or friends that have posted, but the majority of it are questions and answers mm-hmm. and posts and polls and different things like that from these groups. And that's, like I said, like the first thing that pops up on my feed, like every time I yeah. open Facebook is without fail, one of these groups and so if I ever do impulsively open Facebook because I'm bored, then immediately, yep. it's like you said, Education. my mind is triggered to, <laughs> oh, yeah, I wonder what they think about that. Yep. And then I'm reading all the comments. Mm-hmm. And in these groups, people are often being helpful in the comments. Yeah. It's not like a debate and meanness, yep. um, at least in the groups I'm in. It's people like, oh, well, you know, this is what I'm, every now and then you get someone asks a really dumb question and everybody's like, you know, but even then I've found that people have been actually really nice yeah. in these groups because they're just trying to help. And they've been really like, I've seen some comments that mm-hmm. are almost all blog posts yeah. long. I know. People it's like, just, how do you have time for like, this? You're just sitting there on your phone, just <laughs> typing this, this whole blog post. Okay, cool. Um, I hope you do use speech to text for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's, it's, you can get so much information yeah. and take that time that might've been wasted yeah. and turn it into education. I should really write about Orange Theory. I right. know everything there is to know, every question, every beginner question. Man, that's Seriously. a good idea. <laughs> Seriously. I guess the next one, yeah. the next idea was to sign up for news alerts. Mm-hmm. Um, you can set alerts like, you can set Google alerts so that you set specific keywords. And then if something new is published to Google using those keywords, then you get a notification or an email. You can sign up for alerts on specific websites and stuff. And it's probably good to know, like with off-roading, if there was some sort of news Mm -hmm. press release given about this event coming up, we would have known about it way in advance. Right. Um, So in addition to following people, know what's going on in your industry. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Back in the news, uh, we had all these monitors up on the wall and we had all the news stations on at the same time, like our competitors, just because we didn't want to miss anything. If they had something and we did not I mean, we needed to get on it because viewers are going to expect that. Um, All right. So the last one, which is going to tie into our Q and a question or one of them is attending a conference, a summit or a seminar to keep up to date and network of course, in person And so this question I have from Dallin Sorensen 6 says, I'm still in the very beginning of my website's development, only six articles in the blogging course. I'm going to a couple of professional conferences in my niche in a month or so. I'm very excited and I'm somewhat 
comfortable with professional events like this? What should I do there that can help my blog? Should I seek out and build relationships with other website owners? Should I find cool people I can interview later? Or should I look for work for writing content for other sites? So I would do the first two. I don't know that I would necessarily be look I mean you kind of, you could because you could sort of treat any blog post you write for somebody else as a guest post um, as long as they're okay with you linking to some resource on your website then I think it might be worthwhile but I wouldn't necessarily be looking to just write for other people to get paid to write for other people it'd be yeah. more like more like a some kind of collaboration or guest posting sort of thing but yes absolutely I think one of the best things you can do is build relationships with these other people that are also in your industry some of whom might be content creators youtubers um, other bloggers, but others who um, might just be well-known people in that industry, others who are unknown people in that industry, but who are just in the industry and can be a good source for you in the future. Conferences I've been to, I've made a lot of connections with people that do different things than what I do, uh, but who have been just good resources that later they interviewed me on a podcast or something like that. I I went to Vid Summit this last year which for YouTubers is an amazing conference. And I met some really cool people there, some of whom are like bloggers slash YouTubers that I know not from income school blogging, but from like stuff I'm interested in. And I was like, hey, that's cool. That's, you know, that's this guy or that's this person. And it was kind of cool to get to just meet with those people and just kind of see how things are working for them. Because the thing we all have in common is we were video creators. And so you have something in common with every person there. (laughs) So just when you sit down to listen to a talk, Say hello to the person next to you and find out what they do. Uh, what's their in in this industry? What, what, how, how are they involved? Yeah. Um, if, if you just do that over and over again, you'll collect some maybe business cards, phone numbers, email addresses. I loved your idea, Anna, of just going to the booths mm-hmm. and just seeing what's new, what's mm-hmm. up and coming in your industry yeah. so that you can write about the, those things. I don't know. What else would we do at a conference? Just Yeah, well, I was just thinking about kind of my experience. <laughs> have lunch. Yeah, have some yeah, good lunch. <laughs> Eat and sleep a little bit. Yeah. Right. Um, but just kind of like you said, the networking has been yeah. huge. Um, and some of the conferences I've been to were more of just um, other kind of creators or not necessarily well-known people in the space, right. but just people who are successful in the mm-hmm. space. And just learning from what they're doing, because yeah. like mm-hmm. you said, Ricky, they're even if we, we're all kind of working toward the same mm-hmm. goal, you know, we're doing the website creation, internet, internet marketing, but everyone does it differently. Yeah, and it's it was just amazing to me to hear I will call them the empires that these other people have built in just a different way than what we've done, yeah. um, and kind of taking some of those learnings and also just the motivation to see the success that other people are having. Yeah, was really big for me. Um, after those conferences, I was like, man, we should be doing this. We should kind of try and implement it this way, kind of the, some of the organizational things that they had been doing. Um, I also really liked, again, back to what Anna said, uh, talking to the booths because mm-hmm. some of those, uh, a lot of people will go out to those conferences to also make connections. Yeah. And I've heard of really small creators, a couple thousand pages on a website a month, a couple thousand views on some YouTube videos, and they'll get these sponsors. They're not huge sponsors, uh-huh. but they're just small startup companies who are looking to get a little bit of an exposure, and you are in their price range. Yeah. And, you know, and that's <laughs> that's a cool thing. Small yeah. creators or, you know, and businesses kind of working together and kind of uh, building each other up, which is just awesome. So anyway, yeah. I would get, like you both said, talk to as many people as you can. Try and make some meaningful connections, um, maybe some few future plans for collaboration. And enjoy yourself, you know, yeah. just kind of soak it all in. Yeah. Something that 
Jimmy Donaldson, who's Mr. Beast, something he said at VidSummit was like, when he makes a thumbnail, or, you know, rather when his designer <laughs> makes 40 thumbnails <laughs> to pick from, he has other YouTubers that you've heard of also, uh, most of them, but he's friends with a bunch of them for, and has been for a long time. And he's got several of them who like, he'll send them a, four different pictures and be like, which version do you like best? Mm-hmm. And they'll do the same to him. Like, what do you, what do you like? What do you think about right. this? Or what you, Hey, what do you think about this last video? Or one of them might say, Hey, I saw your last video and this was really cool. Or this part kind of dragged for me. And just those connections you can make with other people who are doing similar things to you yeah. who can be there to be a support in the future because this content creation is an industry where most of us are pretty lonely <laughs> in our real lives. There aren't a lot of people around us that understand what we do. Yeah. So make those connections yeah. and keep yeah. them. Another thought on the back to the booths. Yeah. Um, if you had a blog such as Terrain Treaders where uh-huh. you can do a lot around products. So say yeah. you find yeah. um, a booth about a new product or just a product you haven't heard of in general that's really popular. That's an option to be able to make that connection and possibly so possibly be an affiliate for them yeah. um, to you know use monetization yep. strategies. And maybe even meeting them in person and exchanging cards or emails is a good way to get in with an affiliate program. Yeah, totally. One other thing that I would say, and we kind of covered it a little bit, but I think one thing that bloggers have got wrong is the competition piece. Yeah. You know, I think that other websites who are in the same industry as us, we immediately view them as competition because to some extent, you know, we're all working to get some of the same traffic. And so there is an element of competition there. But I think we have something to learn from the video creator space where someone in the same niche as you, you could collaborate with them. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I think it's a, I don't know if healthier is the right term, but it's just such a better mindset to go into something like this. And I think conferences makes it easier because it puts faces behind the competitors Yeah. Um, to work with them, find ways to work with them, find ways to do some sort of collaboration. You know, maybe it is just exchanging ideas, but being on good terms with other people in your industry is a powerful tool to being successful. And I think that a lot of times, since a lot of us are maybe reserved and quiet, it's hard to do that, but it is so valuable. Yeah. One more thought I'm having (laughs) before I'm done with this one, I think (laughs) is if you're going to a professional conference, that's not going to be full of other bloggers, right? It's just a conference for your industry. I would think about it a lot, a lot of how we talked, like how we talked about this off-roading games event. Go there and also think about it from the perspective of a reporter. It maybe it's not the kind of event that people care about hearing news from, but what things are happening in the industry that you can report on as like, hey, this is new. Like these are the things that are being talked about by the professionals in our industry. And this is like the latest thing that they're concerned about. That's good news. Yep. Right about that. So yeah. also use it as an opportunity. Take a lot of notes. If you can, if they don't have a problem with it, Maybe just don't ask and whatever, (laughs) but um, you could at least turn on like the voice recorder on your phone and just get the audio so that for notes, I'm not talking about recording it so that you can publish. Usually that's against the rules, Yeah. Yeah. but just like if you were interviewing somebody for a story and you Mm -hmm. needed, and you just, for your notes sake, you just wanted to record it, just use your phone, turn on the voice recorder and just record some of the talks if that'll help, or at least take notes uh, so that you have good things to report on because you might be able to get a lot of good content out of it. Yeah, absolutely. 
And a lot of times that's um, solving a problem in the yeah. community, or in this case, you know, the industry community. Yeah. There's a problem out there. People want to know about it. They're curious. They want a solution. Um, so if you can find that information, that would be great. Okay, we have one more question today. Um, I don't, can you pronounce this name? <laughs> um, Kausar Bilal. <laughs> Sounds All right. good to me. That's what you love. We tried. <laughs> okay, so this question is, I started a website on professional writing almost two or three months ago and published almost 10 articles in a month. Recently, when I was conducting a search analysis for some popular topics, their Google trend had been down for the last three months. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> uh, I realized that these days people are using chat GPT and other AI writing tools like crazy. They're not into learning the craft of writing because they already have chat GPT to write the content for them. I'm thinking if I should close down this blog, I feel with further advancement of AI writing tools, people will pay more attention instead of learning the craft of writing. To cater to the current situation, I thought of writing about human versus AI writing and how AI writing harms or benefits different professionals. But every time Google's trend is down. I wouldn't worry too much about Google Trends. I think AI writing is, I don't know, it might be a new enough thing that Google Trends isn't showing a lot yet because it's only in the last few months right. that it's been really mainstream. And so I wouldn't worry too much about that. I do. Th I wouldn't close down the blog. You know, the 10 articles you've written aren't going to hurt anything. And, and them being about writing professionally, I think is great. And the principles from those blog posts are probably going to apply to somebody who's going to use AI writing. They need to understand those principles of professional writing either way because if you're going to work with your AI to write good content you need to understand those principles too so I don't think you need to close that down but I do think that there's going to be value in addressing that because we can't just say AI is bad it's not it's not that black and white I think that there are a lot of ways that AI can help us be more efficient in a lot of the things that we do in writing in a lot of things but I also think it's very easy to turn it into a crutch that if you use it wrong, it actually makes the output really bad. Like if you got to the point where you only walked with crutches because then you didn't have to put as much weight on your legs. You'd lose muscle. You would, your muscles would atrophy. And if you ever got to a point where you needed to, where you were going to compete with other people, we're going to do a foot race. Right. You're going to trip up, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. your, your written content won't be as good if you rely too heavily on that crutch. And over time, your writing skills will atrophy mm -hmm. with your brain that will atrophy. Your brain is a muscle. And if we don't use it, it will atrophy. And so if you rely on AI to do all of your thinking for you, you will get dumber. Um, <laughs> like there's just... <laughs> It's truth, um, truth bomb for you. So if we're going to use the tools, we use them. We use them yeah. as tools and don't just rely on them for everything. So I think content around professional writing and how AI can be used in that sense and then what the role of AI is, the proper role, and then how to yeah. use those tools and staying, staying up to date with those tools, knowing what the latest tools are, how to use them, how to work with them so that what you end up with is high quality professional writing, but it's just done much more quickly because the AI was able to help outline it and come up with a lot of the verb. I don't know. There's a lot of things you could probably talk about there to help people learn how to properly use AI, but still add their yeah. piece to it. Anyway, that's, those are my thoughts about it. I don't think you're in a bad space. It's just, mm -hmm. you need probably need a bit of a pivot. Yeah. yeah. And, and it could be something kind of just as simple as out of category, out of subcategory, you know, 
like Ricky said, I don't think the AI is going to destroy your blog. I don't think that that's the case. I think that while AI might change professional writing or alter professional writing, people will always be writing professionally because that's what businesses do and what people need. Just the way that you do it or the way they do it could change. And so just be aware of that and be willing to write about that. And in that case, I think you'll be just fine. In every industry, there are changes and adaptability and flexibility. As long as you're doing those, you know, being adaptable and flexible is fine. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening, everyone, to the Project 24 Blogging Podcast and have a wonderful rest of your day. Project 24 is a product of Income School LLC. Results mentioned are not typical. The trademark Project 24 refers to the goal of some people to create a successful business in 24 months, but it's not a promise or guarantee of that success. Many online businesses fail because, like any business, it requires hard work, skill, and dedication. Before making business decisions, consult financial and legal professionals licensed in your jurisdiction. So in short, the only person who can make your business successful is you. We are simply here to provide information to help you along the way.